Hello and good afternoon, uh, WKNC listeners. I am Case Sensitive, also known as Kara, here with my co-host, Atomic Man, or Daniel, and a very, very special guest, the 14th Chancellor of NC State, Chancellor Woodson, or DJ Ziggy. <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're just going to... This next hour is going to be very special. We're interviewing uh, the Chancellor. We have some of his favorite tracks that we're going to play throughout the interview. And we're just going to kick it off. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Chancellor Woodson. Yeah. Uh, we met through what, your uh, bag lunch uh, yeah. program. And, uh, yeah, and we got to talking about, you know, music, taste. And I noticed that, you know, you were listing off a lot of bands that, like, I'm, I'm really interested in that I play on, on the show. So I just thought it'd be interesting to have you on here and yeah. just talk about your life. And uh, just, you know, uh, I was reading about um, how you grew up in Arkansas, and I was interested in, you know, like, how did, uh, how did little, little Randy Woodson in Arkansas get involved with music? Yeah, well, um, for me, it, you know, growing up in the 60s and early 70s, music was a big part of my life. And like a lot of young guys, I, I wanted to play guitar, and I wanted to be a, a guitar legend. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> but uh, the good news is I had a dad who was um, a great supporter, and one day he comes home from a business trip, and he has an electric guitar he had bought at a pawn shop in Mississippi wow. uh, for me to, and I was 11 years old, mm. so... I started playing guitar 11, 12 years old, and uh, it it was a it has always been a big part of my life. So, music um, it was a great time musically too. Mm -hmm. All times are, but you know, growing up in the late '60s and early '70s, there were there's some amazing bands that, yeah. that I followed, and my parents. Uh, let me rock out in the bedroom upstairs and weren't too intrusive to my habits <laughs> musically. Okay. That's, what, that's as far as I'll go there. <laughs> so uh, what was uh, like one of the first albums you bought with your own yeah, money? Yeah, but with my own money, I rem actually I remember it very uh, fondly. Um, so there was a, a soul R&B singer in the late 60s named Wilson Pickett. Uh, in the Midnight Hour, Mustang Sally. I mean, go back and look. These are some great tracks. And um, and he came out with a recording of an with the album named uh, from the Beatles, Hey Jude. And so um, the first album I bought with my own money was three dollars and ninety nine cents at the Sterling Five and Dime store in Fordyce, Arkansas. And it was Hey Jude by Wilson Pickett. Wow. We'll be playing that later, so we will well, be you play we'll it, hear Listen it. carefully, because there was a famed studio in Alabama called Muscle Shoals, where an amazing amount of great music came out of it. And the house band in Muscle Shoals in the late 60s was led by a guitarist named Dwayne Allman, who went on to found the Allman Brothers Band. And he played the lead guitar on Hey Jude, and I'm, with all deference to the Beatles, it, it's a phenomenal recording of that song. So that's the first album I'm on. All right, yeah, and before the music, I'll just ask you a few quick-fire uh, questions, so just answer in, like, a sentence or less. Um, uh, if you could write a song with any artist, who would it be? Yeah, it would be um, with Van Morrison. Um, 
because he's always been, you know, he he's consistently recorded great music from yeah. the 60s until today. And it's always been inspired by a jazz element to to his music. But his lyrics are um, are phenomenally introspective. I mean, he's a he's a great lyricist. Uh, he's also over the years had his struggles with the music industry. Yeah. But um, he he would be the one that I would love to. I I mean, I wouldn't be able to write with him, <laughs> but I would love to see how he does it. Uh, I'll throw a song, a, a word in yeah, there. Yeah, we're also going to play some of some of yeah. Morrison today. Yeah, uh, and so second question. Uh, First and or favorite live show? Oh, um, so this is a band that probably no one has ever heard of but me. Uh, I, I drove all the way to Dallas, Texas to see Blue Oyster Cult and, U- <laughs> and Uriah Heap. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah? Yeah, they're awesome. I love them. Yeah. So uh, that was in 1973. Wow. Yeah, awesome. it was a great show I've, i saw many though um but yeah that was one that stands out for me and then last question um if you could see any artist or band that are alive or broken up who would it be yeah i mean i'd love to see the grateful dead again mm-hmm. um i saw them several times in the early uh late 70s and um just a phenomenal show it's it's sort of like the current jam band Praise in that uh, their show was always more than their music. Right, it was yeah. the audience mm-hmm. as as much, and all the people uh, around the the performance. So it, that would be someone I'd love to see. Uh, some are alive, and and one's dead, but mm-hmm. um, it's not the same. Yeah. Thank you. So I think without uh, without further ado, I'm going to play a Grateful Dead track. This okay. is this is Morning Dew. Is this one of your favorites? Yep. Is it? Okay, great. It is. All right, so this is Morning Dew by the Grateful Dead on WKNC. And we are back with Chancellor Woodson. I am Kara here with my co-host Daniel. Uh, You just heard the Grateful Dead. The song was Morning Dew. And I know right before we we played that track, you said it was one of your favorites. Yeah, it's, um, I was saying to Daniel, one of the reasons I love the Grateful Dead is because, uh, well, their shows, but also as a musician, I love the, the chord changes that, uh, that Jerry Garcia used in a lot of his songs, and it makes it easy to do um, a lot of interesting guitar licks over them. So, uh, great, always a great show, though. Great musicians. And uh, I know you said your, uh, your parents really didn't interfere with, like, your taste in music. Did they influence it at all? Like, where did you get most of your, yeah. your taste from? <laughs> you know, maybe negatively in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I definitely was not a big fan of my father's uh, music. And it was uh, old country music. But as I got older and got into uh, sort of Americana and bluegrass and really uh, old Americana music, uh, I found uh, that some of his music wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah. One of his, uh, he, early on, he loved uh, Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and old country singers like that. And I became a fan later, Yeah, not originally. Yeah, it always works out like that. Yeah. Most of the time. 
But so, he would, uh, he's still alive. So, uh, it, but when I would play, occasionally when I was playing the guitar, he would wander into the room and say, actually, that sounds good. <laughs> but mostly it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, um, so given how your taste in music evolved and how looking back at your father's taste, uh, you actually, you know, decided to like it. What is? What do you think the best era of music well, has been so far in your lifetime? Yeah. Um, so I missed a lot of musical eras. So mm-hmm. let me start by saying there was a, a dark period in my musical uh, experience, and it was largely a period when I was in graduate school in the late 70s, early 80s, through sort of early parenting, kids, all that sort of stuff. Uh, So for me, a a period of music I constantly go back to is the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, And currently, I'm really uh, attracted to to a lot of um, um, alternative and Americana. Uh, I mean, one of my, like I own everything, the... um, Avet Brothers, Luminaires. Oh, great. So I listen to some new music, but I will say I don't uh, know a lot about new music. Mm -hmm. Do you you keep up with, like, local artists at all, like the Avet Brothers? Oh, of course. Outside of Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I do. And, um, in fact, just watched, they recorded a documentary uh, that's on, I think, HBO now that I just watched the other night. Um, and there's a local connection to it. Two members of their band live here in Raleigh. Yeah. Um, Joe Quam, the the cellist and the bass uh, player, whose name I've lost right now, lives here in Raleigh. Yeah, Raleigh's got Raleigh's got a great scene. Yeah, I'm it like, does. yeah, but I don't, um, I don't get out into it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I listen to a lot of um, newer age bluegrass. Like, um, there's a band out of Chapel Hill, Mandolin Orange. Oh, yeah. That's uh, an all-time favorite of mine. Um, I like Mipso, uh, which is another sort of harder-edge bluegrass. Yeah. Uh, a band out of San Francisco called Front Country that's a, a driving bluegrass band that's fantastic. So that tends to be... So there's a lot of new music that I'm really inspired by, mm-hmm. but probably not what a lot of your listen, <laughs> listeners listen to. I know we've played definitely the Aver Brothers, definitely Mipso, Mandolin yeah. Orange. Yeah. Casey's you know, big into those. I, <laughs> I say that acknowledging that in both cases the band members are, are Carolina grads. <laughs> 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 we'll just get that out there. <laughs> yeah, we, we, respect our, we respect our neighbors. Yeah, particularly <laughs> when they produce talented musicians. Good for them. Um, so right before we get into this next track, one quick question. Do you have a timeless classic album? Is there one album that has yeah. just stuck with you forever? Yes, I do. And I've already mentioned this name, so I'm going to repeat myself. But uh, for me, the timeless album is is uh, Van Morrison Moondance. Okay. Um, it's got, you know, so that was recorded in 1969, maybe 70. Um, and it's got... You know, some songs on it like Caravan, which is an all-time great uh, live performance song, uh, Moondance, of course, and uh, Crazy Love, which 
if you want to think about the love of your life, it's a great song. <laughs> we're getting into it. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick air break uh, right after we play Hey Jude by Wilson Pickett. Okay. Keep right. it locked. Hello, WKNT listeners. This is Atomic Man, a.k.a. Daniel, here with Case Sensitive, also known as Kara, and uh, Chancellor Woodson, who's going by DJ Ziggy. You want to explain that really quickly? Well, gosh, I mean, it, you put me on the spot, you know, having to come up with a name quickly. We, did. we should have given you a couple and, of weeks notice. And, and I, you know, I grew up a huge David Bowie fan, so Ziggy Stardust and the whole... Uh, uh, so I came up with it quick, you know. So I'm happy to be Ziggy. <laughs> yeah. Also so known as Chancellor. Also <laughs> known as Randy. <laughs> or the uh, guy walking across the campus. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I'd like to ask you, you know, um, I think you have a very unique experience in that, you know, you went from playing a rock band to doing research and then to, like, leading businesses and now you're the Chancellor. So, you know, I'm just interested, you know, at, like, like glimpses of like what was the world like you know as you transitioned from one position to the other yeah well uh, let's just be clear i never made a living playing music <laughs> and and actually never you know had a, a view that i would but it's always been a part of my life and so yeah in the, in the college experience um friends of mine we played music together and sometimes a, a little money was involved but mm-hmm. never um but music has always been a way for me to make friends, to connect with people, and to, you know, enjoy something that's a distraction from being a scientist or an administrator. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, there have been periods, as I said earlier in my life, where it was more difficult for me to stay connected to music just because of things going on. Um, but, Daniel, as I was telling you earlier, you know, it wouldn't, just like my father bought me a guitar when I was 11, I bought my son a guitar. Yeah. And, and when there was a guitar in the house and he was learning, it got me back into it. Uh, and actually it got me into it in a way where, you know, I actually learned how to play it the right way. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a kid playing rock and roll music, you know, you just three chords and a, a, um, a bunch of dust. And, but... <laughs> You know, there's a wonderful thing about the internet. There's a, you have the ability to learn uh, a lot. Pretty much anything, yeah. Yeah, and so I've become a better musician, actually, by um, getting started later in life again. And But throughout all this time, you know, I've been able to balance um, being a, a leader of a university or a college or whatever I was doing at the time with enjoying music. And I've always found people to play with, and, and that's true today. Yeah, yeah, so I heard a rumor that the same people that you still jam with, that you're jamming with, you know, right now, those are the same people that you were jamming with back in the day, or? No, that's oh. a rumor. Uh, <laughs> no, because, because back in the day, I was jamming in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and, and now I'm in, uh, in, in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when I moved here... Um, you know, people started writing stories about my background, and there was always music in there that I played the guitar or whatever. And so a few people reached out to me that I 
have gotten to know over the years. And so every Sunday afternoon, a bunch of uh, older men and a 15-year-old fiddle player nice. uh, gets together and, and plays music uh, every Sunday afternoon. And it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's an awesome ritual. Yeah. 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 yeah nice. I'm actually, that's funny you mentioned that because I'm also trying to start that with my friends. So yeah. it's interesting that, yeah. yeah. Until the, our uh, violin player came along, I was the youngest member of the band. <laughs> so that'll give you a that's sense awesome. of, yeah. of the age distribution. And you mentioned that uh, your son was the one that got you back into music. And you were mentioning earlier how um, your son also had taken all of your, you know, your vinyl records and yeah. so I'm interested, you know, like, wh what do you think about, like, you know, how, you know, things like, you know, these, these 70s, these 80s sounds are coming back and thing like technology, you know, like, yeah, from back then is also, are also coming back, you know, like finals, you know, yeah. resurging. So, so I'll, I'll give you a funny story. You know, when we used to do the family trip and in, in the, in the minivan kind of thing, and my wife and I are throwing in CDs and our cassettes or whatever it was at the time of 70s music. And my kids, particularly my son, who fancies him, fancied himself the, the big musician, uh, used to really, you know, just slam our taste in music. <laughs> and now I go over to his house, and that's all he's playing. Yeah. Right? You know, mm -hmm. so he's, um, I, th I think that, I don't know, that's a, a natural evolution. But, uh, for example, we were talking, well, offline, we were talking about some local bands uh, that I like, mm -hmm. and uh, actually two of those bands were introduced to me by my kids. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it comes full circle. Yeah, it does. But I did get my vinyl back <laughs> because my wife got me a turntable for Christmas, and I, um, I, I, I brought those back home, <laughs> repatriated the albums. All right, uh, the next track that we're going to play is actually a vinyl that i took from my mother oh my <laughs> a God. couple months ago this is jackson brown the song is doctor my eyes do you like this one i do all right anything without, jackson brown yeah all right without further ado this is jackson brown only on wknc this is atomic man case sensitive here with dj ziggy chancellor woodson um yeah so we were talking about vinyl and uh, we are having some interesting conversations you know um uh you know i guess something to start off with you know is there uh, one like vinyl that you're questing after one particular you know that i had years ago and lost or yeah or something that yeah. you just want and that you, it's hard to find yeah that's um you know that that's a good question there there's a lot missing from my collection that with multiple moves over the years and children coming in and taking things <laughs> at will. Uh, so there's a large part of my collection that seems to have disappeared. <laughs> uh, and, and there are a few, um, for example, I had an early, one of the, you know, not the first, but I, right when the Beatles White Album came oh, out, wow. that was one of my special collection i have no idea where it is oh, and, and I, I want it back so if any of my kids are listening and they have it i'm gonna find it yeah uh, and and you know you're also talking about you know like the differences between owning music digitally versus you know owning the vinyl um you know what what do you miss about uh you know that era of like collecting vinyls and what's something that you appreciate about 
you know, the new, the new way of doing things. Yeah, I th- the, the main thing I miss is having something tangible in your hand to read and look at during the listening of the, the music. And, you know, back in the day, <laughs> I would get a new vinyl, a new album, and, and pull, pull out the, the uh, vinyl and put it on the turntable, but then spend all the time interacting with the music and the printed material. And as I was saying uh, to you earlier, you know, I miss the fact that I don't know, or it's, e- it's not as easy to discover what went into making the song, who, who's recording it, who's playing what instrument, who's singing backup, all the things that were typically in the liner notes of the, of the vinyl, you know, you don't, you don't see, or at least it's more difficult to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I miss that part of, I felt like you, you interacted with the artist more uh, thoroughly than you do just l- in listening to their music mm-hmm. by really reading what they've what they've written for you right yeah now because we have like streaming services and things like that it's so easy to listen to just a single of an artist but yeah with vinyl you are committed to the entire album yeah you are Um, or at least it's it takes an act of of some energy to get up off the couch (laughs) and go change it right yeah you can't Uh, it's harder to pick and choose but but having said that you know i'm i wouldn't give up what we have now for anything because Mm -hmm. um using services Spotify, others to, you know, to have constant streaming music and, and it, it just, uh, the, the, all of the, um, examples that come before you, I, I get introduced to a lot of good music by that kind of, um, Shame. service. Yeah. And, and I used to, you know, and still do, I'm sure by the, uh, the radio as well, but, when you think about uh, albums, I don't know. It just was a more intense experience for me to put a new record on the turntable and look at all of the material. And back in the day, you know, <laughs> when I was buying a lot of albums, you know, the art was amazing. Yeah. Right? All of these bands had amazing art associated with their recordings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the accessibility factor of, of uh, streaming is a like a huge deal now the what the accessibility factor yeah. of yeah. just being able to stream and but even then like yeah it's, it's it's cool to see that like um you know there's a lot of bands that are still putting out vinyls and sure. you know people are like you know demanding it too and you know maybe like they both can coexist because they serve different purposes well, they, they are coexisting yeah. and vinyls experiencing a major resurgence mm-hmm. um and uh it's the only challenge is that you know, with, with radio and with streaming services, so many of us have given up our big, bulky stereos mm. that we use with a turntable and with CD and with cassette and everything back from uh, the day that uh, we got to go back and get some of those devices. Yeah. Do we think cassettes are ever going to come back? <laughs> yeah, like as no, big as no. vinyls? <laughs> hey, we haven't even talked about 8-track. <laughs> no, yeah. I had a 1973 Vega with an amazing 8-track uh, <laughs> cassette deck in it. And, you you know, you ha- to carry your music in the car, you had to have a trailer behind your car. 8-track <laughs> was a bad period. And 
in the music industry. So you're not anticipating or excited about that coming back? I'm not. No. Okay. What about the Walkman? The Walkman. I had a Walkman yeah. in like elementary school and it was kind of bulky. I don't know. No, I think we're good now. We're we don't good. need any of that. Just the digital that's and the, the vinyl were good. That's yeah, all vinyl really at I home, think. digital yeah. on the road. All right. There it is. <laughs> all right. We're going to play a couple more tracks now. Next up is Somebody to Love. By Jefferson Airplane. Oh, yeah. Not Jefferson Starship, I know no. you said. You did not like the... Uh... They went off the, the <laughs> grid for me when Jefferson Airplane broke up. All right, so this is Jefferson Airplane, Somebody to Love on WKNC. When the truth is found. All right, and we are back with Chancellor Woodson. I just wanted really quickly before our interview's up at 5, just wanted to ask about... Were there any styles of music that you were kind of excited to you were excited to see fade out of the mainstream? Yeah, without a without a doubt. Um, and this may be because of my age and my generation, but uh, I just could not stand disco, <laughs> and it was so frustrating for me to see bands that I had admired uh bow to that pressure even the rolling stones for gosh sakes uh play move toward at least briefly uh a disco uh theme what is it that you don't like about it it, it just it made no sense i mean i guess you know i like to dance as much as the next person but it was just seemed so contrived and um yeah so i didn't there was nothing musically exciting about it for me. Wow, okay. I'm pretty clearly throwing down the gauntlet. It, it yeah. affected me in a very traumatic way. Yeah, you didn't you didn't even have to think about that one. <laughs> but I'm Just over disco. It. I'm <laughs> over it because um, you know, seeing Saturday night night fever once was enough. <laughs> All but right. you know the Bee Gees who recorded a lot of that a soundtrack before Saturday Night Fever and before disco, actually an amazing, some of their early work was really quite phenomenal. So don't write me about the <laughs> You were talking earlier about, you know, uh, your new, newly discovered passion yeah. for blues. Um, yeah, what, what, what like attracted to the blues? Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's only new in that um, there, I've actually listened to the blues a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was... Um, uh, all early rock, you know, was was um, inspired by the blues. So if you think about, you know, Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix and some of the great guitarists that I admired, you know, so much of their work was inspired by the blues. Right. Uh, but more recently, you know, there are some um, phenomenal young musicians, and um, Gary Clark Jr. is somebody that's come to Raleigh several times. He's from Austin and a phenomenal guitarist. Um so yeah, the blues and, the, and for me the blues were something that was an easy, not that it's easy, but it's a, it's an easier genre to master as you learn to play the mm-hmm. guitar because the minor pentatonic scale for the guitarist out there is something that you know you can master fairly quickly and then just learning the technique. So blues has always been something that I. Uh, play it late at night with the headphones on so as not to disturb my wife that's so nice and respectful <laughs> i i'm a very kind man <laughs> i think everyone yeah everyone can tell yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way you stay married 38 years <laughs> put your headphones on everyone take note 
Um, and one last question. I know I asked you this earlier. No pressure to respond. <laughs> yeah. If you had a personal anthem, what would it be? Yeah, you know, they, you really put me on the spot <laughs> with this one, case sensitive. Um, and th- this isn't a particularly inspiring song to a lot of people, but it helps me to focus when I need to focus. And it's a song written by Jackson Brown, but made famous by the Eagles called Take It Easy. That's it. All right. That was a, I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going to have, Go that have a solid answer, but yeah, that's good. Well, you know, you gave me a few minutes to think about it, and I, I thought about it. I gave it you an hour, just so we're clear. <laughs> well, Full there's disclosure. 60 minutes in an hour. Full That's disclosure, yeah. When you're 61, you know, an hour is a short period of time because it tends to move quickly. All right. <laughs> Chancellor Woodson's personal anthem, Take It Easy by Jackson Brown, made popular by the Eagles. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, it is about 5 p.m., so... Our time here is up. Chancellor Woodson, thank you so much for coming in. This was awesome. We had a great time. It's been fun. It's been fun. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you. All right. And we're going to close out. Talk man. <laughs> and we're going to close out with the song I'm a Woman by Deborah Coleman, only on WKNC. Thanks again, Chancellor Woodson. Thank you.